Isn't this nice? Just like clockwork. Hi. How you doing, Jamie? Good. Monday fun day. Just seems like every time we turn around, it is Monday night, 7 o'clock, and here we go with the sports book. You in? I'm in. Let's do it. All right. Uh, lots to discuss. Uh, Blake is here. What's happening, dude? I... It's been with you all day long. I know. We've had a great day together. Yeah, it's been uh, very, I think, efficient. and uh, No weeds. No, nobody was in the weeds today, and that's a good day. It's always a good day. Uh, producer Nick Roddy uh, will not join us tonight, uh, and he's got a darn good excuse. You see, young Nicholas and his better half, Emily, are uh, new homeowners. Nice. And you know what that's all about. Work. And then work, <laughs> and then a project turns into 17 projects. Uh, Blake, you went through it not that yeah. long ago. Nick was telling me earlier today that uh, he's dealing with some electrical issues, which those are always fun. Well, that seems like you should call a professional. Yeah, no, he did. Okay. But, it w- yeah, not fun. You know, the thing about Nick, he is a very efficient young dude. Um, but like I told him, you know, and, and I'm the most unhandy guy in the history of unhandy guys. I can't do really anything. Okay. Uh, but I stay within my parameters. I never go outside. There's some things I'll dabble in, not many. Uh, but I've got a good friend who's been a master electrician for a while. Mm-hmm. And you know what he said to me one day? What? You'll never meet a dumb electrician. <laughs> and it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that. Work seems to be very intricate. Electricity and plumbing. Yeah. Do I look like I want to get involved in that? No. There's no way. Uh, So all the best to uh, Nick and Em, and uh, can't wait for the housewarming. Uh, Meanwhile, as always, special thanks to our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for making this radio show possible. And uh, let's start with the Tigers, because they're playing right now, kicking off a three-game series with the Guardians there in the land of Cleves. Good news to report right now. Tigers up 4-1. There are two outs in the top of the fourth. Uh, How did they get there? Uh, Zach McKinstry reached on an infield single in the top of the third. Ibanez scored. Haas to second. Baez, red hot, single to left. Haas scored. McKinstry to second. Uh, Nick Maton doubled to right. McKinstry scored. Baez to third. That's how it became 3-1 3-1 in the top of the third. Now, I said they have four, and uh, we have it on here. Uh, Riley Green, double to center, uh, scoring a Banez. Uh Haas was thrown out at home. So there you have it. 4-1, Tigers on top, two out, top four. Man, you're just like Dan Dickerson, calling the highlights. You know, here's the thing. Watching that game yesterday until the Cardinals' sixth, this team potentially can be very exciting to watch. Do you agree with that? Yes. And, you know, how many times does A.J. Hinch have to say, you have to play 27 outs, but apparently they're listening because whenever they got down in the past couple games, they've rallied. Well, and, you know, yesterday, Jake Rogers, with the dramatic grand slam in the top of the six, Tigers up 6-3 at that point, and you're thinking, this team's going to win six straight, a season high. They rattled off five straight earlier in the year. And then it wasn't to be because the Cardinals sent 12 hitters to the plate in the sixth, and next thing you're up uh, 10-6 on their way to the 12-6 win. But, you know, they committed three errors in that inning, four total in the game. They've been pretty sound defensively this year. 
Yeah, and they've been so much better in May. Like, there was, like, a light switch that went off. Granted, they played teams that weren't as good as the April teams, so there's that. But it was like a light switch went off, and they are starting to click and figure it out, and the young guys are starting to, you know, hit the ball. Well, in our conversation with Riley Green on the album show, uh, I think it was a day before opening day uh, here in Detroit, uh, he mentioned that he really likes the chemistry on this team. And uh, he was very confident. Now, nobody else was going into this 2023 Tiger season. Many had him 20 games under 500 for crying out loud. But uh, that being said, at this point, they're three games under. Now, you don't know what the future holds. But, you know, if they can stay away from things that happened in that sixth inning yesterday, booting the ball all over the place, and Javi with two errors, and he's usually gold with the glove, uh, you know, I'm not saying print the playoff tickets, but I'm saying they're going to be a little bit more competitive than maybe anybody really gave them thought. Well, it was all gloom and doom to begin the season, if you recall. And now all of a sudden people are like, hey, wait a minute. But, you know, this division isn't that good. So, you you know, you could make some noise in the middle of summer, and that could at least make it fun to watch this team. Uh, Alex Fiedo, the uh, Tiger starter, uh, story behind that coming up in a minute. Uh, he allowed three runs and three hits and four and two-thirds. Uh, retired the last seven hitters he faced in his first appearance of the season. He was brought up from AAA Toledo because the Tigers optioned their right-hander, Spencer Turnbull, to AAA Toledo to figure some things out. Uh, Joey Wentz got the uh, start tonight. Uh, he's looking to turn things around. Joey uh, going into this tilt with the Guardians 0-3. Elevated, I'd say, ERA of 6.67. But again, Tigers 15-18, and third in the American League Central. I think if you told them this is where they'd be at this point in the season, they'd have taken that. Of course. And I think they're riding Eduardo Rodriguez as well. I mean, that guy has been on fire. So if you have a little trouble with Spencer Turnbull, it's okay because Eduardo has been hot. Well, and again, um, I think uh, you, you need to bring this into the conversation. And by golly, Jamie, I'm going to. Javi Baez was sat down in that series against the uh, Blue Jays in Toronto for all the right reasons. It was a boneheaded play. Um, he sits him down. Since then, Javi has been hitting Dial pretty darn in. good. Yeah. Yeah, hitting 259 right now. And I think when this incident took place, this incident. The uh, incident. Yeah, he was yeah. Uh, hitting somewhere around a buck 80. Uh, so he got the message. Yes. And it seems like Hinch did it in a way that was effective, but also not you know, too harsh. It wasn't too embarrassing, right? No, but he said to him it, 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 probably something along the lines of, look, dude, we've lost six straight. I can't have this. This team can't have this. Well, you could lose games, but you can't have those kind of errors. Well, and it was a, it was a complete mental breakdown. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of folks saying, well, look, he's getting paid a gazillion dollars to do what he's doing. But I think if you're a professional athlete, okay, the money's one thing, and it's a moot point because it's been going on forever. There's a pride factor. I think he was embarrassed. Yeah. And if a professional athlete's embarrassed, the only way you turn that around is to do what he's been doing at the plate. Again, 259. I think there's a fine line, though, of coaches and how they handle these professional athletes that make a gazillion dollars because Hinch figured out a way to uh, inspire and do it right. Do you remember Matt Patricia, like what he did with Darius oh, Slay and all that? That gets. was the wrong way. Oh, that was, uh, you talk about boneheaded moves. I mean, uh, 
you know, the way Patricia went about it, that's that's polar opposite right. of what A.J. Hinch's theory was. Uh, but you've got a nice support cast. You know, Spencer Turkelson, I think everybody's rooting for him based on what went down last year. I think he was a little over, overwhelmed at times. Yeah. He's hitting uh, 223 right now, 16 RBI, three home runs. Riley Green is Riley Green. You build a franchise around this kid uh, hitting 262 with 12 RBI, three home runs. Nick Maton, like his contributions. Uh, Matt Veerling, same thing. So you're getting contributions and maybe a star when you're looking for one in different scenarios. Yeah, you need those young guys to start hitting. They're finally doing that. And you also need your stars that you do have, Green and Baez, to step up. And that's also what they're doing right now. All right, so uh, right now, uh, uh uh-oh. It is a 4-2 ball game right now. We just looked up and then. This is uh, probably going to be one of those nights. Uh, At least it's not raining in Cleveland, which is a story in and of itself. So there's that. 4-2 Tigers, bottom four. We'll keep you posted as we go along with the sports book here on 760 WJR. All right, a little NBA conversation here on the sports book again. Thanks for joining us. Uh, A lot of excitement there in Phoenix last night. As the uh, Suns get themselves a nice little victory, even the series with the Denver Nuggets at two apiece. But uh, there was the matter of the incident. That's what happened there. Jokic, boy, trying to rip it away from Matt Isby and then the little shove. Oh, wow. Boy. You know, Matt Isby did play for Tom Izzo, so he's unafraid, I'm sure. A little bit of a maybe a flop from Ishbia there. All right. So a lot of uh, wondering going on. And, you know, was there embellishment on Matt Ishbia's part? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But at the same time, I thought it was a semi-legitimate forearm shiver from Nikola Jokic. definitely a shove. A shove. Let's call it a shove. Yes. For the sake of argument, I, I, I rescind my forearm shiver. Okay. Maybe that's a bit strong. A shiver to me is from TCBY. Uh, well, as it turns out, let's just cut to the chase. The NBA isn't suspending Nikola Jokic for that shove. Uh, he is being fined $25,000. And to his credit, Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, and yes, he did play under Magnum TI at Michigan State, uh, he said after the game, look, he shouldn't be fined or suspended it was just something that happened, and let's just move on. I like that. I mean, I think he took the right approach because he kind of was mixing it up maybe a little more than someone on sitting courtside should do. But, you know, it's the heat of the moment. It's the playoffs. It's supposed to be like this. It's supposed to be fun. And, uh, you know, obviously things got a little heated. Now, the ball ends up in Ishbia's lap. But What's he supposed to do? So he picked it up out of his lap and is holding it. Well, all of a sudden, Jokic takes it upon himself to be the game ball, please. Yes. And he just kind of comes and rips it out. Like, you know, eventually, I'm sure, Ishbia knows the game. He was going to give the ball up. He wasn't going to, you know, have somebody sign it and take it home. I have a personal story. I got to sit courtside once with my husband, Ryan, at okay. the Pistons, and it was, like, the greatest thing ever. You were, like, Great experience. in the game. It's so fun. The ball came to us, and Ryan caught it. And he just waited for the ref to ask for it. And that was probably what Ishbia was doing. Well, and there was also some activity going on around him. And, you right, know, so he, he got lost in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, but Jokic goes up like he's at the rec center. 
and, and like you know, takes it like it's my takes ball. it out of some twelve year old's hand. Leaving, yeah. Uh, Ishbia's got enough money that he could shoot a three from the corner if he wanted to. He can do whatever he wants. I'll tell you, somebody who was having absolutely none of it, you guys, was uh, Nuggets head coach Michael Malone. Yeah, I'm still not really sure what happened. I haven't seen a video of it. Um, I think it's crazy that Nicola got technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball, and some some fan is holding on to the ball like he wants to be a part of the game. Just just give the ball up, man. You know what I mean? And you know they they deemed Nicola doing something that was excessive, I guess, and they gave him the tech. But uh, I still don't really understand it. These things the fans, the owner of the Suns, made any difference? I don't give a. I mean, it's you know, it's I really don't care. So there you have it. Uh, that is uh, Nuggets head coach Michael Malone. I love this. I think it's so fun to just talk about this. Well, it has been a pretty darn good postseason, not only in the NBA, but the NHL as well. And I thoroughly, and we've discussed it on the show, Jane, thoroughly enjoy this time of year. Love it. Love, uh, love by the it. way, uh, game five, again, the series tied 2-2, coming up uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, that will be tomorrow night as the series goes to Denver. Uh, while we're at it, 76ers and Celtics, that's going to be a darn good series. Also tied up at Deuce, 76ers with a huge overtime win yesterday to even it up. And uh, got my eyes on that one. That's going to be 730 uh, tomorrow night. I uh, need to talk about this because I know watching you on WDIV yesterday, uh, great story about James Harden. I'm so happy that this guy followed through. He found out that one of the MSU shooting survivors was his biggest fan, calls him while the kid is in the hospital and says, we're going to bring you out to Philly. We're going to give you tickets. And guess what? He followed through, and John and his family were there for game four, courtside. You know, and what a, what a game John saw his hero have. Uh, 42 points coming up with a huge three to get the 76ers to the finish line. Again, 116-115 overtime, the final. And I agree with you because, you know, on this program or, you know, uh, sports talk in general, from time to time, unfortunately, uh, you have to talk disparagingly about an athlete, what he or she did, what he or she said. You know, um, in this particular case, you know, and James Harden has been in the news for reasons that I'm not, I'm sure he's not so proud of in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a stand-up moment. I just love that he followed through because without naming names, I know people, athletes who have not followed through on promises they've made to charities or people or whatever. This guy did what he said he was going to do. And then he made this an experience for John and his whole family. He signed the shoes at the end, dedicated the game to him. He made it a moment for a kid who's been through a whole lot. Uh, an amazing amount, to be honest. And when, if you were able to take in the pregame moment where James Harden goes up to John and uh, shakes his hand, gives him a hug, um, and you saw the look on John's face like, my God, this is happening, uh, it was pretty strong. And then subsequently, like I said, Harden puts up 42 points, and uh, he said afterwards that, you know, because he was asked about it, he says, yeah, John's my, uh, you know, my, my, my good luck charm. I'm going to take him to every him game. Back. Yeah. So, you know, athletes are pretty superstitious. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if uh, John is uh, at the game tomorrow night. Uh, I think some a lot of Spartan fans are now James Harden fans, too. Uh, some news as it applies to your Detroit Pistons. Uh, as the story goes, according to reports, they have whittled down 
their uh, candidates for their new head coach to three. New Orleans Pelicans assistant Jerron Collins, Milwaukee Bucks assistant Charles Lee, and former UConn head coach Kevin Ali. They are all going to fly to Los Angeles to uh, meet with Pistons owner Tom Gorris. Why the Bucks assistant? Well, apparently uh, they have faith, but uh, this was before the firing of Mike Budenholzer. Well, and a lot of people were shocked. Uh, uh, Well, they don't know because Charles Lee apparently has a lot of respect within the Bucks organization. You know, is he going to get the nod? Um, And if he does, this is all hypothetical, of course, would the Pistons have any interest in Mike Budenholzer, who won a championship uh, with the uh, Bucks. Why wouldn't you? I'm amazed that the dude was fired, to be honest. Okay, I get the disappointment of being eliminated in the first round with the talent that you have, the Greek freak. Someone had to take the fall there because, you know. That's the way sports is these days. So this guy, who's a really good coach, is sitting there. Why aren't the Pistons making calls? I know Pistons fans who don't love this list. They're uninspired by this list. Well, you've got Lee, who's 38 years old. And talking uh, to Mike Curtis, who covers the Pistons so well for the Detroit News during Mitch's show, I asked him point blank because it's been reported that this coaching hire is the most important coaching hire the Pistons have made in the last 20 years. I mean, you have the number one overall pick. You have this young core. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dwayne Casey, we've talked about it. I was a big fan. Great guy. Clearly. They needed a new voice. So Dwayne will go in the front office. A uh, lot are under the impression that the next head coach has got to be a tell-it-like-it-is guy. Okay. You know, you can't pamper these young kids. And maybe Dwayne Casey did a little too much of that because he's a teacher maybe before he's right, a coach. Sure. Um, but uh, we'll see which way they go. Because, look, the Pistons, there was so much optimism going into the last season for all the right reasons. Yeah. Duran, Cunningham, Ivy, uh, the list goes on. And Troy Weaver appeared to push all the right buttons. Early on. And now here we are. Yeah. Talking about the new head coach. I, I don't know. I feel like this is a big hire for Troy Weaver as well because things have not sort of gone to plan recently. And people are, he's, I think his seat is not hot. It's a little warm. Well, you know, I think the truth somewhere uh, lies somewhere in the middle because I, I am a big believer in players' play. And when Cade Cunningham went down because of injury, okay, that was a big blow. Right. And uh, for so many different reasons to this Pistons team. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because if you're the general manager, we've always heard, Jamie, the – relationship between a coach and general manager, name a sport, is very important. And the general manager wants their guy. Is that going to fly here? I don't know. I I don't have a vibe on Tom Gorris. How involved he is. I know that he wants to bring a winner here. Sure. But I don't know. But how did he get to that step? And, like, how involved is he? As it related to Dwayne Casey, was he a Budinsky? (laughs) Was he the type of guy that would call, you know, 10 times a week saying, hey, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? Hey, hey is Jalen going to get more playing time? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Uh, we don't know. But the perception of Goris is he flies in sporadically 
you know, and this isn't his main gig. So, but these three candidates are flying out to California to meet with Tom Gores, and I certainly hope Troy Weaver is going to be a part of the process um, because there's a relationship that means the most. Right. I don't think I've ever met a coach who they're thankful for ownership. They're always thankful. You win a championship, you're going to thank the owners, of course. Yeah, well, there's owners that you appreciate and like, and then there's people that are a little too involved. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. There, there is. Per se. There is, from a coaching standpoint, and if you're Mike McCarthy, I'm sure he's going to be able to tell some stories when all is said and done. Yeah. But he is way over there. Right. And I don't think Tom Gorris is anywhere near that. Again, Tom Gorris wants to bring in a winner. I mean, the best owners just don't open their pocketbooks. Well, they're, what's a man? Uh, wallet. Wallet. Yes. Wallet. Yes. But well, I mean, some men. Mark very- Cuban is a pretty good owner, and he's very involved. Oh, good point. I mean, there is, there is, you can do it both ways. But he knows the game. But he, And he knows when to be involved and when not to be involved. I think the most disappointing thing in the last uh, 45 seconds, I, I think when Jamie was looking at me, trying to figure out wallet, you almost looked at me and said fanny pack. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not wearing a fanny pack. Can confirm there is no fanny Steve's pack. Steve's a big satchel guy. He carries around a satchel. A man bag, if you yeah. will. I am a, a, a wallet guy. Have Oh, let me just be a little more specific. Trifold, okay? Oh, my. Yeah, with the Velcro. You oh, hear no, it not Velcro. No, I'm not a Velcro. See, <laughs> this is how stories get started. Dude, you cannot Wait, did have you a ever Velcro a chain wallet. wallet, Steve? You seem like you could have been a chain wallet guy. Oh, God, no. Okay. Oh, no. Just making sure. No, but I, I, I come from that era. I think that's pre-crime. And, so. uh... You had uh, chain wallet people and non-chain wallet people. And then you have money clip people. I thought about a money clip. I, I, you know, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on my pro- pocket protector <laughs> and uh, break out the, uh, the slide rule and try and explain the National Hockey League draft lottery. Cool. We're going to do Let's that. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> because why? Because we're brainiacs. It's the sports book here on 760 WJR. All right, in Cleveland, a little update for you. Tigers still up 4-2. Uh, there are two outs in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Tigers up 4-2. By the way, Joey Wentz uh, still on the bump for the old English Deers. All right, tonight, Jamie, at 8 o'clock, the National Hockey League will have their draft lottery. Yes. This is something. Well, it's interesting because it's just like the NBA draft where there's one guy everybody wants. And in this particular situation, we're talking about a very gifted player for the Regina Pats. He's a center, Connor Bedard. Uh, talked to my colleague this morning, Sean Belisian, about him, and uh, apparently he is the real deal. Uh, clearly, uh, Connor Bedard is going to go el numero uno, but... Uh, as is the case in the NBA, the number one pick doesn't just go to the worst regular season team. No, there will be a lottery to determine the final order of the first 16 picks of the first round. You can watch this on ESPN tonight, getting underway at 8. Uh, now, a lottery provides multiple non-playoff teams with a chance of getting the first overall pick. 
This is an important consideration, giving the premium value of the early first-round picks. Now, in theory, this also reduces any sense that certain teams are not doing their best to ice a competitive lineup. You know, to... Tank? Yeah, tank. Uh, Plus, this adds some extra excitement for half of the league's fan bases. Anyway, here's how it works. Try and follow along, please. A set of 14 ping pong balls are placed in a lottery-type machine, which allows for 1,001 combinations. Each team in the lottery is assigned a set of random four-number combinations. The worse a team's record, the more combinations they are assigned. You got it? So the team with the worst record this past season, the Anaheim Ducks, get 185, representing an 18.5% chance of winning the first lottery draw. Uh, the first draw of ping pong balls determines the number one pick based on the assigned combinations. However, since a set of rule changes in 2021, a team can move up a maximum of 10 spots in the order. Therefore, if a team... I, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't... This is so... This is... That's the most... There's like, way too many words there. I tried. Okay. That's too much. I like the idea of it. Giving a team with the worst record more chances than, say, one ping pong ball being pulled. I get that. But there is so much to this. This is just too much. Uh, you know, and if you're just, if you want to watch this, again, on ESPN tonight at 8 o'clock, you know, they're going to spell all the rules out. But at the end of the day, here's what you need to know. <laughs> Your Detroit Red Wings based on the criteria I tried to spell out until my eyes started rolling in the back of my head, have a 5% chance of getting the first pick. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Anaheim, as I mentioned, 18.5%. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 13.5%. The Chicago Blackhawks, 11.5%. San Jose Sharks, 9.5%. The Canadians, who got it last year, 8.5%. I will let you know about this little addendum here. As part of the 2021 lottery rule changes, the NHL also decreed that a team cannot win the lottery more than twice in a five-year span. The Canadians, as I alluded to, won the lottery last year, so if they do it again this year, they will be ineligible to do so until 2027. That's how it works. If a team in the 12 to 16 range wins, the last place Ducks retain the number one overall pick, and those guys just move up 10 spots. Do they? Yeah. That's what I understand. If, if, if this is rigged, who is it rigged for? That's all I need to know. It's too complicated I'm to be rigged. I'm a big NHL rigged guy. No. So Wait a minute. Do they have to have Price Waterhouse involved. Price Waterhouse is involved in everything. Whoever Price Waterhouse is. <laughs> I mean, it's so complicated. Oh, my God. It was ping pong ball. But here's to hope and the Red Wings can move up 10 spots. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be absolutely awesome. And uh, the actual draft. Wait, no. They're within the 11. They could win the number one or two pick. Can we just come out and say none of us understand this <laughs> at all? We have no idea Look, what's going on. Look, I'm a genius. On. I have it all figured out. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's what we'll, uh, we'll just call it. The Red Wings have a 5% chance as it stands right now. Okay. 
to get the number one guy, or that kid from Michigan is really good too, grab him, Adam Fantilli. All right. If you're going to sign off on him, I don't see why not. Meanwhile, big uh, goings on in the land of Cleese. The Tigers have uh, brought the big bats because Andy Ibanez just goes yard. Tigers up 5-2. Miguel Cabrera yet to go yard, right? Uh, Right. That is correct. But by golly, he looks like he's just living his best life. (laughs) Well, talk about wallets. (laughs) yeah, he's got the uh, the industrial size. There's no question about it. But uh, the Cardinals made a donation to his foundation. Yeah, and... I, li- I think this is going to happen to him wherever he goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They gave him a framed picture of him hitting his 400th home run, which happened in St. Louis, and then a donation to the Miguel Cabrera Foundation. And this is indeed the Lazy Boy Tour is going to be very nice for Miguel. But, you know, he's uh, smiling and, and enjoying it and, He's going to have to have a huge man cave for all of these framed items. Well, two families, two homes. He's got... <laughs> Did I say that? Burn. What do you guys think about this, uh, them using the hockey helmet after they hit home runs like, I in like the dugout? It. Is that a Zach Short thing? I don't know who started it. But I like it. I think it's, it's nice. fun. No, I, I think it's cool, and it's like cool. A little crossover it's with the, the wings. wings helmet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how are you doing on your postseason uh, wagering there? I mean. Uh, NBA, I, NHL. Yeah, I don't do it. I Weeds? Wait, I wait until football season. Oh, so you're football, football only, huh? I, I'll dabble, but with uh, the wedding fast approaching, I'm trying to uh, – not diversify my portfolio too much. Well, that's what I thought with the uh, wedding on the horizon, that uh, certainly the cricket wagering would have gone by the wayside. <laughs> I I can't be – if my lovely fiancé finds out that I'm spending money on gambling instead of not putting it in the wedding fund, I might have to find a new place to live. So You know, Jamie, I'm just not saying – Blake saying this phrase is not out of the question. Sweetheart, wedding cakes are overrated. <laughs> We're not having a cake. Oh. We're doing cupcakes. Well, for oh. them it is overrated. Yeah. It's a wonderful move. Um, but it's an open bar. Don't worry, Steve. A few. Now, why do you got to bring that in? <laughs> why, why couldn't you just say, hey, and by the way, Steve, just in case you were wondering. In case you were wondering. <laughs> Listen, I think you've known me long enough. That if it was a cash bar, I'd be the one walking around with my Visa card on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> what do I care? Walking around with $2 bills just uh, yeah. taped on there. Um, speaking of wagering, didn't we do that last week and I lost? Yeah, what does it matter anymore? I know. I'm so far down. Also, speaking of wagering, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Iowa and Iowa State are now under investigation for college athletes betting on games. Uh-oh. Well, again. This is, Too the, easy. this is the slippery slope that we are on. You know, I had so many conversations with folks that will remain nameless this past weekend about what's going on with the transfer portal. Of course, you know, Michigan State involved. We find out uh, that Peyton Thorne is now an Auburn Tiger. Keon Coleman, who knows where he's going to go. Michigan, according to reports, has reached out to Keon Coleman. LSU is interested. Some other top brand schools. Um, and then uh, Hunter Dickinson. You know, he goes to Kansas. And they all, here's what they, here's what they do. 
they write the letters thanking their coaches, thanking the fans. Yeah, thanking post it on social media. And, you know, hey, I'm always going to be a Spartan. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, I'm always going to be a Michigan man. But you're not. <laughs> you're in Kansas. You're now playing for Auburn. So this is what we're dealing with now. And you think it's going to get any better? It's, no. It's big names. It's big, big names just transferring on the last day. Bye, Hunter. I won't miss you. It's a real shame you're gone. I'll always be a Michigan man. No. Those who stay be will be champions. Yeah. You know, but, you. you know, there is, I think, a great potential where this thing festers and becomes worse until substantial rules are put in place that will, at the very least, prohibit it. I, I agree. There should be rules of some sort. Like you can only transfer twice or something, or you have to give this much notice, or if you sign your letter of intent at this time, you can't do it at this time. Like there has to be something. It's a free-for-all. Well, I was asked point blank, did Auburn tamper? Meaning Peyton Thorne going through spring ball in a quarterback competition. Um, there's been some stories that they've had dialogue for a month. And here's my my question. If that's the case, and I don't know if tampering can even be brought in because it's not against the rules as far as I know, I don't think there's anything illegal about it. There are no rules. It's frowned upon. Free for all. But so is stealing your next-door neighbor's newspaper. I I don't know. I'm sure this was a hot topic at your event at DAC. Oh, man. It was uh, something else. And, you know, again, uh, Jay Billis brought up the whole contract thing. And when the NCAA allowed, if you will, NIL two years ago, conversation with Tom Izzo. And he said, at that time, this is not going to be good. And by golly, I am behind him a thousand percent because this is not good for college athletics. We all know players should have been uh, paid some way, somehow there should have been compensation is the way they're going about it. Now the end all and the right answer. I no. for the life of me. I can't say yes, I can't. It, I just can't imagine, like, scouting someone, going through all of that. I know we have to take a break. Just doing all of that work, them coming for a year or two and saying bye. Well, and, you know, I think what has suffered is the good old-fashioned high school recruiting. Oh, yeah. Because Cause now you have to look through the portal. Is there somebody that can help me right here, right now, in the portal? Boom. There you go. All right, folks, uh, various and sundry when we return to the sports book here on 760 WJR. All right, just a couple of things to touch on before we get out of here. Uh, things have all of a sudden gone south for your Michigan Panthers. Uh, they had a brilliant opportunity, prime time, Saturday night to uh, improve the mark and, by the way, get their first home win at beautiful Ford Field. Uh, the previously winless Memphis Showboats come in get themselves a 29-10 win over the Panthers. Uh, Not a good quarterback display uh, whatsoever. Josh Love, 10 of 15, 58 yards with a touchdown and pick. 
And Carson Strong, 9 for 12, 76 yards with a pick. The Panthers are now 2-2 two and two and 0-2, oh Jamie, at Ford Field. The crowd looked sparse. And I, I want good things for them. You know, they seem like a great group of guys. The coach seems great. That story that played, I don't know if you saw it, about his family life. I, you know, it just didn't seem like many people are going. Well, they return to, uh, well, their four-game home field stand continues against Pittsburgh. Oh, there you go on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, what else? Oh, congratulations to uh, Wyndham Clark. Uh, what a nice victory for him. I always feel so good for dudes that get their first PGA Tour title. He did just that at the Wells Fargo Championship. And it was pretty emotional for the guy. I saw the reaction. I did not watch his final round, but I did see his reaction. And he seems like a nice guy. Good for him. Yeah, he uh, shot 68 yesterday for a four-shot win over Xander Shoffley. And congratulations to Mage. A 15-to-1 shot crossed the finish line, wins the 149th Kentucky Derby uh, at Churchill Downs on Saturday. Obviously, Jamie, uh, there was a lot going on leading up to this race. Uh, two more horses died earlier in races Saturday, uh, making it seven in all that died at Churchill Downs this past week. Obviously, many, many investigations going on. Many questions about what's going on. And then they only had 18 horses racing because of all this. Well, Forte, the early favorite, uh, was scratched uh, Saturday morning, as a matter of fact, with a bruised foot. One of five horses that dropped out uh, in the days leading up to the race. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend uh, that I am an equine expert. All I know, when you have something like this go down, it's not normal. No, seven horses is not normal. So, so something's going on. If Are the training practices different than they used to be? I'm not sure. Well, you know, the only thing that comes to my mind is this. There is so much money in thoroughbred racing. And to have a horse even be considered for the derby. You got to know what you're doing. And that's trainers, owners, jockeys, everybody. So if there's training yeah, but practices. people try and push the limit. I mean, Bob Baffert is Well, allowed. there you go. Bob Baffert had one hell of a name in racing until last year. Right, and not invited this year. So uh, it just goes to show you. I, I, I can't wait to find out uh, what they have to say. Uh, meanwhile, uh, my sister and brother-in-law had a wonderful derby party. And, you know, my brother, the bookie, uh, he uh, gets all the horses and envelopes and blah, blah, blah. I drew Reincarnate and King's Barnes. Both of those horses were in contention for a minute. Oh, that's and fun for you. I was going crazy. For a minute 30, you were very excited. I was beside myself. And then I think King's Barnes ended uh, that that run yesterday afternoon about 7.30. <laughs> I was watching the back of the pack. I think once they know they're out of it, they don't push the horses. They just trot. Well, you know, it's referred to, the Derby has always been referred to as the most exciting two minutes in sport. And, you know, I dabble, I, I, I enjoy it, but it did reinforce my belief that I truly enjoy watching the Kentucky Derby. It's fun. I mean, I like the fashion. I like seeing all the hats. I like all of it. You know, that is a bucket list thing. Do you know people? Why I know we... no one. You know more people than me. Boy, that looks like a great party. Yeah, let's go. On the infield. It's done. Okay.
We'll do the show from there. Okay. Hello, Churchill Downs people. We'll do the sports book from. Uh, no. Okay. Hello. <laughs> you don't know who we are. <laughs> Hello. Tell Marcia I'll figure it out. All right. Wonderful, Blake. Thank you very much, as always. James, always a lot of fun. Love seeing you. Golf season. All right. Yes, it is. See you (laughs) next week here on WJR.